Mamas on a Mission is a podcast bringing you bold and ambitious women. Grab a coffee and let's meet Melbourne mamas who are showing the world and their kids that the mission is possible. I'm your host, Holly, the Chief Mama of Motherhood Melbourne. Hey, Mama, I hope you're having a cracking day. I have to be honest that the sleep deprivation of being up every night with the baby is getting to me. However, being my second, I know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. When Bubs was first born, I used to listen to podcasts whilst doing the night feeds. He's a quick drinker now, so I usually listen to them when I drive, go for a run, or folding and putting away a never-ending pile of laundry. So I'd love to know, where do you listen to podcasts? Where are you listening to this one right now? Let me know by taking a Melfi, that's a mum selfie, of where you're listening Um, Not if you're driving, though. That would be unsafe. And share it on Insta. Just tag Motherhood Melbourne so I can see and share it. That would be so awesome. Thank you. Okay, it's time for me to introduce the latest Mission Mama. And this one is a little different than the other guests. In a good way, of course. I'm speaking with a Melbourne Mama that has created a product-based business that is driven by heart and purpose. Karen Wasson is the owner of Cocooned, where she has created accessible and inclusive clothing designed for children and babies who have undergone surgery or are receiving medical care. The innovative design of the clothing means that it has an adaptive nature that provides easy access to medical lines and drains, etc., without having to fully undress the child. Through thoughtful design, Karen is on a mission to help make life a little easier and less stressful when a child is going through surgery or treatment in hospital. Karen's drive is inspired by her own personal experience with her daughter, Sophie. She'll share this story with us all on the episode and also talk about the experience of developing a product in an industry she knew nothing about prior. I can't wait for you all to hear about this, Melbourne Mama. So let's meet Karen. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Oh, I'm thrilled too. Um, Before we get into things, I really want to ask you these five quick questions. Yep. Okay, lovely. The most important question for a Melbourne mum, what is your coffee order? I don't drink coffee. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you failed the (laughs) test. That's okay. What do you you drink? Yeah, I I drink green tea. People don't know how I survive without coffee, but (laughs) green tea is my go-to. No, that's good. It's really good for you. So um, what's your favourite cafe to drink your green tea at? Oh, there are a few. Um, But at the moment, Left Field in Carnegie is one of my favourites. Awesome. And what about your favourite family-friendly place to go to? Oh, again, there's so many. Um, But we really love going to the NGV um, in the city. Just there's inside and there's outside and I feel like I get a little bit of culture as well, but the kids really love it. So it's lots of fun. Oh, it is. It's awesome. And what about your current binge, whether that's a TV show or a book or a podcast? All of the things. Um, <laughs> I do love a good book, but mm-hmm. I don't have one at the moment. And um, podcasts, I'm usually listening to conversations, ABC Conversations, 
Ah, awesome. And what about your simple self-care ritual? What's something that you do for yourself? I'm actually a knitter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really therapeutic. And I, I just, I've always got a project on the go. Actually, at the moment, I've got about seven. Yeah. Um, it's just, if I find I haven't picked up anything on that day, on a day, I'm just like, oh, I've got to pick up some knitting. I've got to do some knitting. Yes. And are you knitting for other people or are you just trying different creative projects? Um, I, I do knit for other people for mm. a gift a lot of the time, but um, at the moment I'm doing a lot of selfish knitting. Oh, no, nothing selfish about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really great to learn um, all of these things about you and I'd love to get into learning more about your mission. So I'd love to know first, what were you doing before Cocooned and how did that idea actually come about? Uh, well, before Cocooned, before kids, I actually worked in film and television production. And um, I had my first child and then I had my second child and was sort of trying to figure out where I was going to head back in the working world. Um, film and television production is kind of not a very family-friendly industry to work in. It's, it's long hours and it's a bit difficult to sort of raise a family and work in that industry at the same time. So um, I was just sort of deciding where am I going to go and what am I going to do and I fell pregnant with Sophie, um, my third child, and she was the catalyst for Cocooned. Um, found, on, found out very early on in my pregnancy that she had a heart condition um, and then when she was born, she had her first open heart surgery at four weeks old. Um, we were thrown into hospital, the world of hospitals, in and out of hospital with two young boys and and Sophie and she she had complications post her first surgery and it was all really, really difficult. Um, and when we finally got to bring her home after that first surgery, we sort of realised there was something still not quite right. Um, we went back to hospital, I think, two or three more times before they find, found out that there was a problem with her bowel and they had to remove a section of her bowel. And then we went back for another surgery six weeks later to to sort of fix all that up again. Um, and then she had her second open heart surgery when she was about one and a half. And um, all of that was just, it was horrendous um, emotionally and physically on, on us and on her and, and on our boys. Um, and there were just so many things that were difficult about it. But one of the things that was really blatant was that we couldn't do simple things that like we couldn't just pick we couldn't even just pick her up when we wanted to because there were so many lines and leads and things um and we couldn't I couldn't even feed her for about six weeks um because of the complications she couldn't actually eat anything so another fundamental thing that a mother should be able to do for her child is to feed her child and I wasn't able to do it and we couldn't give her a bath or anything like that, just really simple things. And dressing her, like you just think, okay, yes, I have a child, I can dress my child. It was next to impossible in the hospital. Um, and if we wanted to change her outfit completely, we had to call for medical assistance because um, with all the lines and leads, you, 
they need to be disconnected by medical staff. Um, and that's, and we've just sort of, my husband and I would talk to each other and I just sort of think, why is this so difficult? And um, when Sophie, like when everything's sort of stabilised with Sophie, um, that's when I started looking into something that, like a clothing that would help and um, nothing actually existed. I did look at the time, but being in, in and out of hospital, I thought maybe I'd miss something. But, um, yeah, I found that nothing actually existed that, that would be helpful in this situation. So I thought, well, maybe it's something that I should try and do. And that's pretty much how Cocoon came about. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And how is Sophie now? She's doing really well. Um, mm. We actually had a cardiology review this week. And, um, yeah, there will be another surgery in the future, but um, nothing as on hopefully is what she's already experienced yeah oh my goodness um so could you tell us a bit more about the adaptive clothing that you've created so some of what are some of the design features that you've implemented and and how do they actually help yeah well the whole concept behind the design was to enable um, a baby or a child to be dressed properly and completely and comfortably while there's still access to all of the lines and the drains and the monitoring equipment and also to make it easier for um, the medical staff. So if a doctor comes in or a nurse comes in and they need to do checks or anything like that, um, the way that it opens up enables them like very easy access and it also means that the child can still remain partially clothed whereas um, in previous situations sometimes the child just has to have all the clothes um, completely taken off them usually after they've just gotten dressed which is the most frustrating thing yeah <laughs> yeah and it, sorry <laughs> no that's okay I was just going to ask how many um, items do you have in your range oh we've got a t-shirt and mm -hmm. a romper at the moment so we've got three sizes in the romper from small medium large covering all baby sizes and then small, medium, large in a T-shirt going up to about a size 7. Awesome. Um, and we're also working on other designs for, I want to make like a, a baby sleep bag um, oh. for when it's a bit cooler and, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few more ideas and concepts in the work. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great actually. Um, and what, so I guess with, um, you're doing a, a clothing line, but it's very different to if someone's starting a fashion label. So what was yeah. the process and experience like to design and ma manufacture adaptive clothing, but also keeping in mind that that's really not your background? <laughs> it, was, it was tricky. <laughs> it was very tricky. Um, and it was a very long process. I mean, it was about two and a half years before. Wow we actually ended up with it with a tangible product to launch. Um, I sort of thought, you know, okay, I want to do this and we'll just go and ask someone who knows how to design clothes and make clothes and, and I'll say, this is what we want and we want it to do this, this and this and, and that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it sort of it was a few um, wrong paths and, and wrong turns and dead ends at the beginning and um, it sort of, came to realise that we had to figure out how to do it ourselves. So I started just hacking up onesies and mm -hmm. sewing on old singlets and, and trying to figure out how um, we could sort of give 
full coverage but still have access, you know, either side of the outfit depending on what side the lines and drains had to come from and, you know, comfort. So we had to figure out fabric and, you know, we wanted 100% organic cotton, which is what we ended up with and it's, it's so soft and beautiful and, um, and figuring out, you know, we wanted to get resin snaps instead of metal snaps so that a child could still remain clothed during um, x-rays and things like that. Ah. And, and all of these little things that, you know, you just think, okay, this is what I want and this will be really easy. They were, they were all sort of stumbling blocks as we went along because some people will go, oh, no, we, we won't do resin snaps. And originally we wanted to get it manufactured in Australia. This, you know, that was something really exciting and, mm. and something we really wanted to do. But um, you're putting on snaps and, and the amount of snaps that we would need on these outfits um, and especially the resin snaps, a lot of the companies just went, no, we can't, we can't do that. We'd have to outsource it and then it would be, you know, so much per snap and, and that was just taking our cost up mm. ridiculously and we could, we, there's no way we could make it affordable to anybody at that sort of rate. Yes, and especially families that have children in hospital, you want to make sure that it is an yeah. affordable price point. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we spoke to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and um, had some consultations and, and we finally started working out the bugs and the prototypes and and we found the fabric and an ethical manufacturer in India and um, yeah we, we sort of went okay now we're finally <laughs> found it and we've got it and it's happening but yeah it was about two and a half years and um, it was a long process and there were times where we sort of went oh is this actually going to happen are we actually going to yes. are we going to get there yes I can imagine that's like how do you push through those points um of frustration or when there's blocks yeah yeah but the thing I think the thing that that I always came back to was the reason that we were doing it um you know because every time it got a bit hard and you know someone was like oh no we're not going to help you or we're not going to do this and Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in in doing that it sort of came back to but we're doing this to try and help families um because I just the reason I wanted to do it in the first place is to help parents and I, I just didn't want anyone else to have to go through you know, I mean it's hard enough but just something little that can help absolutely I, I remember when we were in hospital with Sophie at one point um someone came in and just had given a little handmade quilt mm. it was just it was something so little but just it, it meant the world to us it was just it was just so lovely and so thoughtful and something that, that we could use while she was in there. It, it just made a big difference. And you can imagine the difference that you're making to people with this, just as you were talking before about how, you know, just those simple things that you want to be able to do for your child and you can't when they're, you know, wrapped up in cords and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking, and I've had quite a few people say to me, you know, it's that they felt the same way. Mm. There are just so many things that are taken away from you, and so many things that, as a parent, you know, you don't think about. You know, here's my child. I'll pick them up. I'll give them a, a hug. I'll feed them. I'll I'll put them to bed. I'll you know make sure that they're all right. And yeah, and you can't even. You don't even know what's going on. I mean, in Sophie's case, we, we didn't know at one stage what was happening and we couldn't know how things were going to turn out and no one could sort of help us or mm. tell us 
what was going to happen. And, you know, you want to protect your child and look after your child. And, and these things just in this, in a hospital situation, you just can't do all these sort of natural instinctive things. Mm. Oh my goodness. Um, just when you were talking about um, the design phase, did how many hospitals or health professionals did you consult with? Was that a difficult process? No, not at all. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was sort of the easy bit. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, Sophie still goes in for reviews and, and checkups and um, she has examinations and things like that. So I would just be whacking prototypes on her. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we speak to different people every time because you always have someone different mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And we sort of discuss, you know, what, what do you think is working here and what, do you, what else do you think? And um, we sort of released the design of our, our prototype, I, I think, about a year before we went into, um, we actually got the product mm. and we sort of announced, you know, this is what we're doing, this is what it's going to look like and we got a lot of feedback, especially from um the Heart Kids community, which is the support group for children with who are born with congenital heart defects. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that was really the easy bit because everyone is really ready for something like this. And, and every time we take Sophie in, you know, we, we bung her in one of the T-shirts and it's so comfortable <laughs> for her. And, and they, they really love it. Like all the staff are just like, this is amazing. Why isn't this everywhere? And yes. it's, it's something that we've really got to start pushing and, and letting people know that, that it exists. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, you know, the right people are listening to this podcast today yeah. um, because are you, I guess, aiming at, it is available for consumers, but are you working with hospitals to really make it known to them um, and I guess getting your foot in the door that way? We are working on sort of two different tangents at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, maybe three, I guess. We've got <laughs> the retail and we're doing wholesale as well. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get it into hospital gift shops and things like that um, and, and more aiming it at, you know, family and friends who want to do something to help. Yes. Because when, you know, when you're in the hospital with your child, you're not going off and, and whatever and looking for things and you, you don't really know what's out there. You're, you're in that situation and in that bubble mm-hmm. but when family and friends come to the hospital and they want to help with something that's what our outfits are really designed to be in that mm. instant um, we're also talking to charity groups about purchasing you know quantities at wholesale prices to be able to give them to families as well mm-hmm. who might not otherwise be able to afford them because I mean this is what it's all about it's about helping people as much as we can and then by the other route, you know, our, our clothing as it stands at the moment, it's beautiful, soft and organic and it would not do very well going through a hospital washing system. It would, <laughs> it would not come out the other end very happy after it had gone mm. through those kind of um, machines and things. So um, we're actually designing, working on designing hospital gowns um, with our same design in mind, so not just for paediatrics, but for um, adults, um, hospitals as well, because I mean the access. I had um, I had three cesarean sections in the end for various reasons, and mm-hmm. even in that circumstance, you know, I'm put in a hospital gown, which 
covers me up at the front. And, <laughs> you know, here's your baby. It's like, well, how am I supposed to breastfeed my baby without taking off this entire hospital care? Yes. Yes, they're not very practical, are they? And, they're you know, not practical at all, <laughs> especially uh, not for cardiac patients. Or most, you know, most patients need access to the front. Yes, yes, um, through a hospital <laughs> gown. So um, we've just actually lodged the patent for Australia for the design. Oh, that's incredible. Um, so that's sort of our next route is to yeah. um, is to make the design more readily available. So you know, your child goes into hospital. And they need something and they need a gown and they can have something that's actually functional yeah. and that covers them and they feel comfortable and, yeah, it's just that little bit of comfort for, and for the parents as well mm-hmm. because having your child, like, lay there with nothing on them, yeah, it's really it's not nice. No, absolutely. Oh, that sounds really incredible. Um, so I guess what a... You talked about before that, especially in that manufacturing phase, that it was quite difficult. Uh, did you face any other really big obstacles as you were trying to get cocoon, cocooned off the ground? I think it was just ourselves as an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like, like I said before, can we, can we actually do this? Um, you know, how are we going to do this? Because, it, you know, at times we've sort of gone, well, why? Why are we trying to push this so hard? Um, but again, it just came back to the experiences that we had, and the experience that I had, and and that I I truly wanted to to not have anyone else have to go through that kind of experience. Yes, absolutely. And I guess with something like this too, every time you go through that manufacturing phase, there's a lot of costs involved. Um, and were you working at the time were you working I know like obviously you're looking after your three children uh yeah. but were you also working and trying to do cocooned not at that time okay um, I am currently working yes time. but um yeah I mean that's at, at the moment yeah that it is a bit difficult because cocoon's sort of getting a little bit pushed in the background which I'm not happy about <laughs> yes um and I'm I'm sort of at the moment, we've been discussing priorities, my husband and I, and, and where, you know, Cocoon sits quite highly in our list of priorities and we're sort of discussing shuffling and changing things so that it brings it back to the top of the list again where it should be. Mm-hmm. And what I'd love to talk about is, I guess when you do these things, there are, you know, obviously a lot of learnings and mistakes that happen, but also some wins and they don't always have to be big, but I'd really love to know as you're reflecting upon your experience, what are you really proud of? Oh, that we got a product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After two and a half years, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually made it and that it, that yeah. it works. Um, I mean, that's, that's something that we're really proud of um, because for a, a few yeah, there was a lot of times where we just went, like I said, is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? Because, you know, my hacked up little outfits, how are we going to turn these into something? Um, I mean, we've, we've, we have achieved some big things. We've got recognition mm-hmm. in, in national media and, and we were recently chosen of one of Westpac's businesses of tomorrow, which has been really exciting. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Um, yeah, so that was, I mean, it's nice to get sort of that recognition. But mm -hmm. um, the thing that I'm definitely most proud of is, is that we've made the product and that mm. it's helping people. We get messages every day saying, you know, this is exactly what I need or even people, you know, have, who have, have been through it and mm. say, you know, I could have used this. This is, you know, this would have helped so much because, you know, to people who haven't experienced it, they might say, well, it's just clothing. Mm. You know, what what kind of difference can that make? But to everyone who has been through it and, and every time we see a doctor or um a nurse or someone when Sophie's got the prototype on or, or one of our outfits on now, they just think it's amazing. And, and it really does, it helps, it helps the parents, it helps the child and it helps the staff because they don't have to come running every time you call to change their outfit and they can just open it up if they need to take a temperature, do an x-ray, check a wound site. It's, um, it just seems so simple <laughs> and and a lot of a lot of like staff especially have said that this is so simple why hasn't someone done something like it before <laughs> but um it does and every every message and email i get saying that it's helped someone or even like the blog posts that i put together for for when families are spending time in hospital mm -hmm. um, just just to help other people know that that they they're not alone and I, know, I mean, I felt so alone and so very lost for so many reasons and, you know, not just the fact I couldn't dress my child but just there were so many things and, you know, like I was saying before, you just can't do those fundamental things that you should be able to do for your child. Mm. Um, and just just being able to support other families um, and I, I'm proud that we have been able to do that and that our, our outfits and sharing our story and sharing other people's stories has helped to do that too. Yes. So have you met a lot of um, some of the people that are using your clothing? Uh, not in person, no. Actually, a lot of people um, have been in Queensland. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been purchasing it. And, um, I mean, we have gifted um, via the Heart Kids charity and via mm -hmm. um, the Children's Hospital here we have. We have donated a, a few outfits, um, but unfortunately, we can't know who they've gone to, and and we just yeah, we just get lovely messages every now and then. But um, given that a lot of the families are still in hospital as well, yes, of course, it's, um, yeah. Uh, but I would like to to meet up with some of them one day, and it would be really nice. Yeah, a bit of a, like a full circle moment. Yeah. Um, You've created something for the community of Motherhood Melbourne uh, to access on the show notes of this podcast. I'd really love to um, for you to explain what it is you've created uh, and how they can use it. Well, um, it's just a little sheet with five ideas about helping um, family and friends when their child's in hospital. Um, a lot of the times you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you're worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. And I know um, a lot of our friends sort of, we lost touch with them during that time because they were mm -hmm. worried about doing the wrong thing and they didn't know what to do. And um, there's just, there are very simple things that you can do. Um, would you like me to run through 
Yes, I would. I would because I think that's the thing that people sometimes think, oh, you need space, you need family time, you're busy, you're consumed by what's happening. Um, But as you were saying before, you felt really alone and what you want is actually contact and people to show you that they care or in, you know, just a very simple way, like doesn't have to be something big and over the top that they buy, but even just being there. So yeah, I think it would be nice to hear some of those things. And then if people want to grab the rest of them, they can visit the show notes. Yeah, sure. Well, the biggest one is just to talk to them. Um, like if, you, if you're nearby, you can drop in. If it's, you know, you can check visiting hours and things like that. Um, but like, don't worry if it's a, if it's a good time or not. You know, if you call them up and it's not a good time, they're not going to answer their phone. And you can just leave them a message and and let them know that you're thinking of them, or even just send them a text or something like that. And that just sort of lets them know that you're there, and they might not necessarily want anything from you, but just to know that you're thinking of them can be a huge boost. Um, and if you and if you are talking to them, um, it can also be difficult to know what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, I would steer clear of things like you know oh, they're going to be okay and they're going to be fine and it's all going to be okay mm-hmm. because sometimes it's not. <laughs> um, the sad thing is sometimes it's not going to be okay and and they're sort of dealing with that and and things are really quite upsetting and unsettling for them at that point. So the best thing that you can do is is just commiserate and just say, geez, this really sucks. This is really awful what's happening and, and I'm so sorry that it's happening. Yeah. And I mean, if they do say that there are positive things happening, you can definitely, you know, say, oh, you know, that's great that that's happening and I'm, I'm so glad that, that things are looking looking good and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I think, I mean, I would have really appreciated someone just going, oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah, <laughs> the acknowledgement. The acknowledgement, yeah, that of the pain and, yeah. and the difficultness of the situation. Is that a word, difficultness? Yeah. I think I'm just making up words now. <laughs> no. The difficulty and yeah. of the situation, yeah. Um, yeah, the acknowledgement is really a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of, they just want to have themselves heard. Um, and that's another thing, just to listen if they are talking. Um, to listen and to, and try and understand, you know what's going on, and and even if you can remember what um, what's actually going on with their child, I mean that's that's amazing because that shows that you care too, mm-hmm. uh, that you know what's happening and and where they're at, yeah, because yeah. sometimes they don't want to keep explaining themselves over and over again, mm. uh, but if you can really just try and under, you don't have to. You know, grade out your medical journals and and figure out what's going on. <laughs> but if you can have some basic understanding of, of sort of what they're facing, um, mm-hmm. they can really appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine yeah. it'd be quite difficult, um, especially. You know, Sophie was your third child, so you had two other children that weren't yeah. in hospital. Uh, would something like offering to look after those other kids or entertain them? Would that yeah. be something else you would suggest? that's on the list yes awesome (laughs) yeah because like they're they're obviously going to feel a bit left out Mm -hmm. and it's all very unsure it can be very unsure and you know in and out hospital Mm -hmm. Um, mum and dad or mum or dad aren't there Mm -hmm. yeah and just doing something nice with them 
and for them. Um, at one stage when Soph was in with my husband and I was home with the two boys mm-hmm. and um, my parents were down helping out too, we just took them to the park. You know, the sun was out and it, we all got some fresh air and, and doing something normal like that with siblings is just, it's going to really help those, those kids sort of get through. Thank you for that. And I just, lastly, I mean, you've already mentioned some of the exciting designs and ideas that you have coming up, but is there anything else um, that you're really striving for with Cocoon going forward? I think we're, we're now just really trying to get the word out there that, that this exists. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people sort of are saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't know what to look for or, or how to search um, or how to find it. Mm-hmm. And, and with potential stockists as well, we're, we're sort of talking to them and they're going, well, nobody knows it exists. So we're sort of not wanting to stock it because nobody knows what it is or what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> kind of 22 at the moment. Yes. Always trying to let people know, you know, this is this is what it is. And yes. This is what it does. And and this is why it's important because again, mm-hmm. you know, it's clothing, but it, it does so much more than just yeah. you know, put clothes on your child. <laughs> it really it, it gives a, an amazing opportunity to parents to be able to 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 be a part of their child's care in hospital. You know, when you can't do anything for them, when you can't feed them or bathe them. Mm. at least you can dress them you know you can pick them up you can hold them in some way and touch them and and do something caring for them and loving for them yeah so you're really you're the leader in this space um so it is about telling people when they're sitting in hospital going why doesn't this exist Um, and you know you want someone to turn around and say it actually does and here's where you can go and grab it um and then it just makes the you know that little bit easier for them oh yes so Thank you so much. So where can people go to if they want to purchase um, your adaptive clothing or if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, They can head to the website, www.cocoon.com.au. Excellent. Lovely. Okay. Well, it's been really nice to hear your story and especially, I guess, the reason behind it and how much you're making a difference to families who have been in or and are still are in the same situation that you are. Um, and I really thank you for sharing Sophie's story as well. Thank you, Holly. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Oh, well, I wish you the best of luck for Cocooned and I hope that everyone who needs it hears about it and they know exactly where to go. Thank you, Holly. All right. Lovely to chat to you. Bye. Bye. What an inspiring story and how amazing is Karen, the family and her mission. If you know someone who has a child in hospital, pop over to the podcast page on Motherhood Melbourne to grab the resource that Karen has kindly put together. It's titled Five Ways to Help a Family When Their Child Is in Hospital. You'll also find all of the contact details for Cocoon to connect further with Karen. I'll be posting and chatting about this episode on Facey and Insta, so I welcome you to head on over and join in. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.